0: If you like ducks, dogs, training, deer hunting, anything outdoors, then this is the podcast for you guys. This is the Flying V Podcast. I'm Thaddeus Bash. I'm your host for this beautiful ride. And I'm assisted by my co-host, Mr. Changmore Vang. You can tune in every week and join us as we talk about anything and everything under the moon that you guys want us to talk about. Some facts, some fiction, and a whole lot of opinions. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Let's hop into it. What is going on everyone? Welcome back to the podcast and welcome back to another week of the Flying V podcast that is. I'm super excited this week guys. Um, This is one of the states when I first uh, came up with this idea that I was super excited to talk about uh, and that feeling still rings true. The guest we have lined up for you this week is gonna live up to our expectations. Last week uh, Haley set the bar pretty high with Alaska but this week With Alabama, excuse me. But this week with Alaska, uh, this one's going to be a hard episode to talk. Um, Our guest, Scott, is from Alaska, and he does all kinds of waterfowl hunting out there. And Alaska's been one of the states that's on my hit list of curiosity. I'm really excited to hear some of the stories you can tell, um, and just the different type of ducks you can talk about. Um, So I also went on Instagram and did a poll, um, so we're going to be having some follower questions asked for him today as well. Uh, 10 out of 10, this will probably be one of my favorite episodes we do out of all of these states. Uh, we got Vang in here. Vang, how you been, buddy? What's up, brother? <laughs> uh, like we always do, how's uh, how's your week been without me?
1: Oh, man, I don't even know what I did. I can't even like, <laughs> recall what happened. This week just <laughs> went by. I'm just so excited for these podcasts now. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What about you, brother? Dude, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, honestly. (laughs) Uh,
0: I I feel like it hasn't been a week since we last talked because between (laughs) editing the podcast and then like Thursday, we did the premiere of the podcast and I was answering questions about it and talking about it last week. uh, And then the weekend came and I kind of had a lazy weekend where I just sat around and worked around the house and, you know, we're getting ready to move. So we've been like slowly packing stuff around the house. And, dude, it's. It's been busy, so then, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's been a week, but like you said, I'm not plan. I've been talking about this one every day, uh, and like I said, I think Alaska, this one's probably going to be the best. It's I told true. Scott when I talked to him earlier, I was like, hey, man, you got some big shoes to fill, <laughs> Yeah, but I, I don't think we got a problem. Uh, so, Scott, can you hear us? Yep. Hey, I got you. You got me okay? Yes, sir. All right. Yeah. So uh, real quick, Scott, if you want to just go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone, tell us uh, what's your name, where you're from, what you do now.
2: Okay. Yeah. Hey, I'm, uh, I'm Scott Breitspecker. I, I uh, grew up in a you know, small little rural town in Iowa right on the Mississippi River and joined the Army back in 89 and traveled around, did a lot of cool shit, I mean stuff, and uh, ended up here in Alaska a couple times. And, uh, and you know, I, I got back up here in 2016 sixteen. Sixteen decided to stay, and, and now Alaska's home.
0: Where in Alaska are you? Uh,
2: so I'm, I'm right outside of Anchorage, a uh, small town, Eagle River. I don't, I'm not even sure how big it is. It's, it's kind of suburbish.
0: Okay. So the Army took you to Alaska a couple times, right?
2: They did. Yeah, I, I spent uh, three years up in Fairbanks, which is in the interior of the state. And then uh, I I was down here in uh, Fort Richardson. It's down right on, on in Anchorage. I was yeah. here
0: twice. Yeah. And so, uh, what what was the deciding factor on Hey, I'm moving to Alaska now?
2: Well, the the first time it was it was like a a lifelong. Well, I wouldn't say lifelong dream because I really didn't I didn't understand much about Alaska until I joined the army, and then I talked to people that were up here, and you know. Growing up in Iowa, I was, you know, I, I you know loved to hunt and fish and, and do all that as a kid. And I ran into people in the military that were you know, that were stationed up here. You know, and they showed me all these cool pictures of, you know, Big King salmons and and moose and caribou and sheep and goats. And I yeah. was like, you know what? This that, that's the place for me. I need to go there. I didn't I didn't have any idea how good the upland and waterfowl hunting was going to be here at the time i i was focused you know at that time i was focused on big game stuff yeah and uh and yeah i got up here and i was pretty surprised the second time i came back up
0: okay and then you're just like you know what fuck it i'm moving to alaska
2: <laughs> well yeah well I, <laughs> yeah I, so we i was down in uh, washington state and i was like i got to get the hell out of here so i you know we i called my my manager uh for my branch and he asked me where I wanted to go, and I said, you know, I, w- I want to go to Alaska or Europe. And he says, well, you know, you had a couple assignments in Europe, and they sucked. So he said, I can get you into a Anchorage. And I was like, done deal. I'll take it, you know. Yeah. That's, this is where I wanted to be. This is where my wife and I, we wanted to come up here and retire. Okay. And, and yeah, so I, and, and that was it. We came up here, and we, we bought a house, and I, I knew I was, you know, three to six years away from retirement, and we just started to kind of get entrenched and, and living the life up here.
0: Hell yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, Alaska has always been kind of like a fascinating place to me. Uh, I've never got to visit. I'd, I'd like to one day, um, without a doubt. It's a it beautiful country. Uh, but, but it feels like, I don't know, to me, like Alaska just feels like it's not even part of the United States. It feels like, just feels like a whole separate <laughs> world on its own. You know what it's I mean? Because it's so far away. <laughs> That's why Yeah. I... So... Yeah, we're,
2: we're we're living in igloos up here, you know, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, well, and you know, like y- they make all these TV shows about Alaska and like almost yeah. like fairy tale it, and and you know, like when we talk, like when you hear about politics and everything on the news, like you never hear about shit going on in Alaska, so <laughs> it's kind of one of those like yeah. like forgotten states you know what i mean do you like living in alaska do you ever feel like you're like left out of america (laughs) that is a good question you
2: know sometimes you you kind of do because really we we weren't affected by a a lot of the politics we're not affected by a lot of the craziness going on in the lower 48 right now and uh you know the housing market when it crashed it didn't really crash up here i mean we we kind of maintain a good good uh good solid line and you know it's, it's pretty steady
0: so uh, alaska you know that, yeah alaska is like its own independent state like states were intended to be
2: well you know we'd like to think so but we we have our own <laughs> issues up here too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool well maybe uh maybe i'll move to alaska one
2: day bet, yeah you come up here you might not leave
0: that's fine there's a i'm sure the weather's a lot better uh than louisiana is
2: Oh boy! It depends on what you think is better. Yeah, I, like right now I'm sitting on my back porch. It's in the mid 50s, kind of cloudy, but I'm out here in a t-shirt, and I think it's great. Yeah.
0: Well, that yeah. sounds really great. It, I don't know if you caught our conversation. Uh, I I took Boone out, went to air out the dog, and it's like 90% humidity right now. I came in just dripping sweat, so I'd do like a Ugh. yeah, like a quick hoe bath and throw a new t-shirt on. Uh, <laughs>
2: yeah no you can have that man i'm I'm, you know that's one reason i like it up here we don't have that humidity it's just you know even when it's hot and when i say hot it's in the 70s 80s you you get 90s (laughs) but i mean it's it's dry it's not that super humid you know georgia alabama louisiana kind of miserable hot or even you know minnesota gets pretty humid up there too yeah Oh, oh we sure do yeah
0: but when it's cold it's it's cold <laughs> it yeah be, well, well,
2: here, <laughs> uh, Vane, yeah Vane, you'll appreciate this where i live here in eagle river there's a lot of times during the winter it's warmer here than it is from northeast iowa where i grew up
1: see that doesn't make sense <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> i don't <Yeah>. get it <laughs> yeah
0: well you know i grew up i i grew up in indiana uh and and I always loved Indiana, and then you know I'd never been to the South really until uh, the Marine Corps, and then we went to Carolina and uh, came to Louisiana. And uh, I just I've never like even growing up in Indiana. I mean summers there were pretty hot. They still are, but I I always hated summer. I'm, I've never been a fan of being hot. Uh, I've always been a winter person. So I don't know why we've stayed in Louisiana as long as we have. But
1: hey, uh, <laughs> man. Ask I'd say that cuz you just buy yourself a house down there. Yeah, I you know <laughs> shit happens I guess, but
0: uh so i definitely I I might be fond of Alaska. I'm definitely going to travel there one day. Uh
2: Well, if yep, if you ever decide to come up, just give me a shout.
0: I, but, I I tell a lot of people that
2: and you know very few people take me up on it. So if you uh, decide you want to come up here one day, let me
0: know. You you don't have to doubt me one bit. Uh as long <laughs> as I can get the blessing. Uh from the other side of the house, then uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll hop on a flight. But uh, we'll go ahead and hop into it, man. I mean, I'm excited to talk about some freaking waterfowl up in Alaska. I think, uh, you know, we talked with uh, Alabama last week. I don't know if you got the chance to listen to it. But uh, Ala- or Alabama, it's going to be hard to get through these A states, man. <laughs> uh, and Alabama, you know, she said basically all they kill is wood ducks down there. Oh, uh, wow. Wild- that- and that's it. So, you know, the South waterfowl hunting is like hit or miss. Um, kind of like yeah. I was telling
1: you about. But uh, Did anyone from Alabama comment and say they killed other things?
0: They did because they okay. don't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. There, there it is.
0: She so, wasn't
2: wrong. Well, she <laughs> well, didn't lie. Well, well on, on an opening weekend, oh, Eve, I mean, until the puddle ducks get out of my area, it is it is not uncommon to go down and shoot an eight-man limit and have up to five different species in your in your bag.
0: Just I mean opening weekend.
2: Oh, oh all the way, all the way through. I mean, as it gets colder, you know, the teal get out of here earlier. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have green wing, blue wings, uh, the wigeon are around late, the bluebills are around late, uh, you know, mallards they stick around for a, quite a while too. Yeah. Uh some of the geese are getting out of here earlier, you know, the the speckled bellies and stuff like that. They're out early and Canadians are out here mid October. It depends on where you're hunting in the state. Cause Alaska is a huge state, yeah. you know, and depending on where you're at and what you're doing. But when my, my local duck hunt close to Eagle river here, I'll go down there, you know, and we got, you know, mallards, widgeon, pintails, uh, blue and, the great Spoonie, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else am I forgetting? The, you know, green wing, blue wing, teal. Get some ring nets coming through. You know, uh, snow geese, have, you know, they're not super common, but in the last couple of years we've been shooting, you know, a few of them here and there. we got yeah. sandhill cranes. Uh, Canadians, I mean, we, we get them coming through. I've never shot one down where I hunt but I've had flocks go over and I, I just, you know, I, I'm never set up for them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so we got, we got a, we got a broad spectrum of, of waterfowl that we can hunt up here, you know, and just, that's just in my area right here. Yeah. You know, and then, and then you know, <laughs> you've sea ducks and sandhill cranes, you go out to Cold bay and they are shooting, uh, you know, Brant and Cacklers. And,
0: oh yeah. yeah. So yep. you live in heaven basically. pretty close that's what it sounds like yeah I I think our quest to find the best waterfowl state already ended uh we just got started (laughs) that that sounds pretty perfect yeah Uh,
2: well you you know like the only thing I I mentioned to you earlier the only the only bad part about hunting up here is if you're looking for a nice pretty duck you're not going to get it until right towards the end of the season none of our none of our ducks are really plumed out until you know late september early early october is probably you know mid-october is when you're gonna you know shoot some nice colored up birds but they're definitely not what they look like when they get down to you yeah yeah,
0: yeah. um so uh with that um do you ever have do you guys do you have trouble uh like IDing uh when you're shooting birds what are the limits in alaska what's uh a... so so
2: the puddle ducks where i hunt here it's a eight and
0: i think just about all the way across the state is an eight man
2: limit you know sea ducks is uh for the most part a a 10 duck limit and then you got sandhill cranes it could be two to three depending on the area you're in okay uh and you know the the geese are i think it's eight eight in possession or uh, i mean uh, eight 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 uh daily limit and uh I think twenty four possessions, a three three yeah. limit. Sometimes a, six. Yep.
0: Are your uh, so like are your ducks? Do you guys have like caps on species? Like you can only shoot x amount of mallards. No, uh,
2: uh-uh. no, they they, they 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 group them. Yeah, they group them all. Yeah, there's sounds no, like heaven. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no there's no uh yeah like no hen mallard limit. No, you know mallards, which and there's no combinations. It's it's puddle ducks basically, and you can have eight of them.
0: So you can just go shoot eight mallard hens and go home. You,
2: if that's what you wanted to do, that's what you could do. What? Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, mo, I mean mo, you know, I, I shouldn't say that. I mean, <laughs> my, myself, myself, and some of the guys I know, you know, I I try not to shoot hens, but it's really hard sometimes because in the early season they all look like hens, even the yeah, mallard. You know, drink
0: juvenile mallards and
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're all even the 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 adult drakes they're not really plumed up either i mean you yeah. once you shoot them you uh you you can see some green starting to come through usually yeah but uh you know as the season goes on if i have a big group of birds come in or a group of birds i'm trying to put you know pull the drakes out of there and shoot them yeah okay, uh, okay. but but yeah early season it's, it's it's tough it's just you know they come in you know you can tell the way they fly you can you know you know what they are but yeah. you don't know if it's the sex. So a lot of times you're just, you know, you're, you're shooting them.
0: <laughs> that's just uh, the, the limit itself. That's just mind boggling to me. Cause yeah. you know, like, like here we get, we can shoot six ducks. Uh, no more than four can be mallards two Drake, or no more than two can be hens. Um, like three wood ducks. You can only shoot one pintail. Uh, oh, wow. so like our puddle ducks are strictly limited.
2: Yep. So I I do have a caveat. Not now. The the canvas backs. There are there is a limit on them. Last year it was uh two. Okay. So so there there is a they they do limit them. Uh, but that yeah that would be the only one.
0: Well, if that's the only one that's limited. I mean you you can remember you can, that. You know? <laughs> yeah, and you you can tell
2: the cans when they're coming in. I mean they're they're pretty they're pretty easy to identify just in flight. Yeah. I've never. I've never shot one of those and been like oh man you know well like around here
0: up. like our, our bigger puddle ducks uh you know they'll they'll i mean they fly together they come in like you know your gadwall and your widgeon oh, yeah. and mallards i mean you'll see them flying together and they'll come into spreads together uh, oh yeah you know and that's i guess that's the cool part about being there is you know, if you overshoot one and sink another one that's not a thousand dollar fine like it's not no you know down here i mean you know i'm not gonna say like i don't want to encourage bad things but you know like if, (laughs) if you did get caught right then yeah you're gonna pay a hefty fine i mean so i guess that's pretty cool and you can shoot eight ducks i mean we don't the mallard limit here like really only applies to lucky people uh we don't really right. get a lot of mallards as it is the wood duck limit being three we see so many wood ducks that i think they have to have a wood duck limit otherwise like in the first two weeks of season there would no longer be a wood duck <laughs> population hey hey you know and and
2: that is one of the ducks that we don't have up here that i wish we did because i i grew up you know I, I so i grew up in northeast iowa and i i used to kind of jump shoot them out of the small ponds and stuff yeah. and but uh it wasn't really till i moved out to Washington state and there was a, there was a couple back ponds and little creeks I used to float with my canoe and jump shoot wood ducks. And then, you know, I, when I was growing up, I worked for the fish and wildlife service for two years and we actually banded them. And that was another thing. So wood ducks, they have a special place in my heart. I wish, I wish we had them up here because they're, they're beautiful ducks. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. My, my buddy up in Wisconsin hunts them. And they hunt them out in a cornfield, and he says they decoy in better than my
1: So They just come, just
2: <laughs> screaming in.
1: Yeah, I got to come back down to the lower 48 then. <laughs> just yeah, <one> time.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that's my plan. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back down. I want to hunt with Mike up from Wisconsin and and hunt yeah. these yes. uh, wood ducks up in the fields.
0: Oh yeah, I, I'll trade you a wood duck timber hunt of a lifetime for a, a, a trip to Alaska. right crazy. Hey, that's we what, we
2: might need to talk about that. You know, there's one thing
0: like that's one thing I don't take for granted is the wood ducks here because you know, like I said, they're so thick and and they for the most part they go to the same spots every morning. Right. Um, you know, they could come in one morning in a big group of you know twenty wood ducks fly in and you kill six of them and it, it, tomorrow morning they're coming right back there and at the same time um so that's the good thing about being in louisiana is if the migration sucks and there's not a lot of ducks in the area you you can almost always go to certain spots that we have and at least shoot your wood duck limit and go home or go to waffle house and get breakfast i mean (laughs) it's so so there's that is the plus side uh yeah uh, and wood ducks are one of the finest eating ducks in my opinion oh yeah they're they're good yeah. um so i i so you said you just started getting into like sea duck hunting i i did yeah so uh
2: last last year was my first year i went out you know i've been i got i got a, uh several friends you know they've been doing it several years my i got a good friend he's uh hugh clark he's the president of alaska waterfowl association he would have been another good guy to have on here But he, you know, he, he's been doing it for several years now. Another retired army guy came up and, uh, kind of, you, when, when he was getting ready to take over as president of the Alaska waterfowl, I kind of got involved with that association for a while. And, uh, but he does a lot of that and, and he kind of finally, you know, enough, he posted enough pictures that I'm like, man, I got to go out and hunt these birds. You know, I, I did a hunt last fall and we, we went out. Left, uh, Whittier, Alaska, it's about an hour south of here, met, met our guide, we hopped in his boat, we went out, stayed the night on the boat. He has a big, you know, I don't know, 26, 32 foot big aluminum boat, right? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he, so in the morning we wake up, we'd pulled up in this cove, we're anchored in, gets up, we hop in the skiffs, run over to the beach, throw out some decoys, you know, and, uh and basically we're just sitting there waiting and, and here they come, you know, and, it, you know, we, yeah. we shot, shot a lot of golden eyes, some scoters, you know, I was really after a long tail, but a couple of my other buddies had some birds on their wish list, which, you know, my, my friend from Wisconsin came up. So I was like, you know, you, you work on getting him what he wants. I, I'm just here to have fun. I'll, I'll have other opportunities. Yeah. So yeah, we, it, it was a, it was a great hunt though. I mean, And man, they, they decoy in so good. I mean, you're shooting them at, you know, 20 yards right over top of the decoys and they're, and they're dead. I mean, when, when they come in, they are feet down and, and they're coming. It's it's really, (laughs) it's fun. And it's a, it's a great experience. You know, you go out and spend the night in the boat and it was, it was our, our guide, uh, his crazy rays, you know, and, and he, it was him and his wife and, and uh, another guy that they had was like their assistant guide or whatever. But you know they put on a nice spread they they cook up a few ducks for you in uh at the evening meal we had and uh you know cooked a good breakfast it's a, it's just a great experience you know there's there's other places where they'll just take you out for a day you meet them at the dock they run you out you you hunt come back in that evening yeah but, you know doing that whole overnight thing is like a great Alaska experience no that you sounds know, awesome yeah, yeah I mean, and you're out there in Prince William Sound and it's you know, your the glaciers, the mountains, goats up in the mountains. You know, it's just it's just a uh, a stunning place to be that time of year. And that this was this was right before Thanksgiving, so it was a little cool, but it wasn't freezing cold. You
1: know? <laughs> yeah, so, Scott, you know, when does when does your season start? Well,
2: so so duck season
1: starts September first, and okay.
2: we we the the inland like the, the the puddle duck season ends the middle of december and sea ducks i want to say run till the end of january i haven't hunted them that late and i you know okay. i'm just kind of getting into it but you know i i so i i have german wirehaired pointers and uh it... so i'll start hunting i'll start hunting ptarmigan and grouse the the okay. 10th of october that season opens for us and i'll do that for a few weeks then it leads into waterfowl hunting and then after you know in between there I'll, I'll rotate you know do some waterfowl do some upland you know if i i go up into the interior of the state to hunt sand hills, which i usually do i'll you know we'll go out and shoot our sand hills in the morning and then we'll go you know grouse hunting ptarmigan hunting in the afternoon and, and do that uh but then that my my season my my hunting upland waterfowl season doesn't really end till the end of march i'm hunting ptarmigan and grouse off my snow machine with my dogs above tree line in in, in you know, late yeah. March
0: yeah
1: it, it well, sounds like I really need to come up to Alaska now <laughs> <laughs> the way you're telling yeah. me these stories I you mean it, it, when
0: you when you guys watch this video uh if you want I mean I'm like just fucking mind blown. Dude. Like my mouth is literally dim, just <laughs> dropped. I mean, I feel like a little kid like just watching a movie. Like my yeah. I I don't even I'm I'm speechless. thing you're going to have to ask some questions, man. I, I Yeah, no. What yeah. <laughs> took my breath away. <laughs> yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to, get to
2: If you're willing to travel a little bit, so I try to do a cold bay trip every other year. So I we, you know, from Anchorage uh, to get to Cold Bay, it's about a three, well, two, two and a half, three-hour flight. Depends on what you're flying on, because they they get you out there on a couple different aircraft. And if you're a 737, it's not as, as long. But anyway, you get out there, and uh, and I've I've uh, all but one year, I've always stayed at this Eisenbeck Lodge. We go out there, and the, the previous owner and the new owner who just took over this year. You know, they have decoys out there. You get a truck rental. Which is like a beat up piece of crap Alaska bush village truck, you know. It runs though, you know. Yes. But but you know you uh, you go out there and it's all do it yourself. Uh, you know, and I'll I'll fly some uh some out or I'll send some you know socks out prior to take some decoys out with us, and we'll go out there and use you know the the lodges brant decoys and goose decoys to to hunt them. And then, uh, you know, then we'll go up and after we get our brand taken care of, we'll go up in the tundra and we'll, we'll set up for Canadians, you know, we'll put out 24, 36, whatever, uh, goose decoys, usually socks. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then we'll hunt them you know, you can, you can shoot six of them out there. Uh, but then that's a great experience too. You're, you're, you're just, you're doing multiple things. And if the, if the fish are cooperating, you can catch silvers (laughs) and, and, uh, and Steelhead's right there within minutes of where our, our lodge is. But I should say lodge is kind of like a really nice camp.
1: <laughs> I now know why you moved to Alaska. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Yeah. I'm <been> sold. <laughs> you need a neighbor? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So, you know, when, when I was
2: getting ready to retire out of the Army, I was back back in Iowa, Wisconsin. You know, my friends and I were out at the bar one night, and somebody, you know, an acquaintance of mine I knew from high school or whatever, come up, and they're like, oh, hey, Scott, you're retiring. When are you moving back home? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not coming back here. They're like, what? They, they were totally shocked. And my other buddy who really knows me, my close friend, he goes, man, that guy's up in Alaska. Why in the hell would he want to come to Iowa?
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, no. yeah. Right. And I, that kind of that—that's kind of where I'm at, you know. That,
3: so,
1: yeah. you go, go ahead, no. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So now, with hearing all your stories and stuff, and your your wildfowl stories and stuff, what I'm gonna ask you: What is your best like recipe cooking ducks? Like, if you're Ooh. if you're willing to share.
2: So you know, I probably my. So I got a couple of favorites. Okay. If I'm going to if I'm going to make fresh duck, I I I found this recipe Maybe maybe DU had it or somewhere. It's like a duck schnitzel, where you you know take the breast, you pound it flat, and you you know, you you bread it up. You know, I've I've used several different kinds of breading. Slight if every once in a while I'll get hooked up with some morales. If I have morales, I'll use them. Or just slice up some mushrooms, make a brown gravy mushroom uh mix, and 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 do it like a schnitzel, like a, a German schnitzel. Okay. That that that's probably my my favorite way to do it. You know, and then and then you can. I like using the Cajun fish fry, so it's a little bit spicy, and that's that's pretty good. But you know, like a lot of my, a lot of my waterfowl, and ptarmigan and grouse, I will I will make summer sausage out of them because it's it's something that i eat a lot of you know i i yeah. <laughs> it's it's you you, know, you have a party get together you pull that out you slice it up it's good all year round you don't have to worry about it sitting around getting getting freezer burner or everything anything but that that's kind of my my go-to you know if, and you know I, i've i've done some other stuff with with the ducks i made it like an orange like a an, kind of like a uh, what is it called? The orange teriyaki, orange chicken type recipe. The only thing I use duck, uh, duck stroganoff. I've had, I've, I've had that. That's really good. But th- so them, them are probably my three go-to's, and then the majority of my birds I will do into the summer sausages. You know, on at yeah. the end, of, at the end of the year. So like my February, March. I think last year my neighbor and I we processed. I know, 50 some pounds of birds without without mixture into it wow Damn. yeah and that's, you know, <laughs> that's that's all different kinds that's ptarmigan that's that's some sand hills that's some you know the waterfall you know the ducks and geese we shot so it's
0: a it's a combination with your uh with your sausage do you, you guys don't you do you use any filler with it or you, you know i i usually will because you
2: know yeah. that, that duck meat's so lean yeah. I'll, I'll take some pork and or bacon. I've mixed that in there before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it works. It works pretty good. Like I said, oh, yeah. I, I really, I really like that because it's easy to share. It's easy to pull out of the freezer, and it's always good.
0: Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what's what's your favorite to eat out of all the birds you hunt? So, top of
2: the list is Pacific brant, and the next one down is sandhill crane. And the one below that would probably have to be, depending on where you shoot these guys at, probably like a mallard or a wood duck. You know, them them two are, are right there neck and neck. Um, You know, and, geez, the widgeon we shoot up here, they're pretty good, too. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, the, the, I'm not kidding you. That, that Pacific Brant is like eating a freaking venison steak or something. It is. It is phenomenal
0: yeah i've never uh yeah i've never heard anyone say that sorry i had to go cut my ac off it just fired up and it's obnoxiously loud here um i was gonna sandhill i've i have had sandhill crane i think that's at the top of my yep. list uh, yep. but like i said i've never had uh brant before so now i know what i need to try <laughs> right right yeah uh, so
2: th- so the brant they they primarily eat eel all year long yeah or, you know that's their, that's their primary diet and that you know it's like they're eating eating salad uh,
0: yeah
2: uh, i'm gonna have to move inside my neighbor just decided he need to cut his grass
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're fine, man. can you hear that <laughs> what it's not snow all year round <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was dark all day right?
2: <laughs> no it, hey right now we got a bunch of daylight it i don't think it really gets dark until about I don't know, midnight or one o'clock, <laughs> something like that.
1: That's crazy. <laughs> okay. Like I said, so with a... that now, what is your hunting hours if it doesn't get dark till that time? It's sun,
2: sunrise to sunset, and you know, you, you look at it as it's thirty minutes, thirty minutes prior to. So, you know, September when we start hunting ducks, it's uh, uh-huh. you know, it's around that six o'clock ish. Okay, time period. I, I was yeah.
1: I was thinking like you know at eleven p.m. you guys are still shooting. <laughs> I'm going to be honest here.
2: <laughs> no, nah, usually, usually by, I, I want to say by about 830, nine o'clock, when you know, around that first couple of weeks of September, it's starting okay. to get hard. Yeah.
1: yeah I, you really <laughs> had me going there when you yeah. said midnight.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, so June 21st is our longest day of the year. And then, okay. so all the way up until June 21st, we're gaining daylight. So we're, we're gaining minutes. And then Right after June twenty first, then it's like, oh crap, winter's coming. We're losing daylight all of a sudden,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then it's dark. Like, right?
2: Uh, it's it's not as bad as you think. So,
0: well, it uh, bad the, though? The
2: they further, it the, bad. Yeah, the further north you go, the worse it is. Here, here where I live, it's like, you know, it probably gets light around ten o'clock, and it's dark around three. Now that's like your December. <laughs> that's your December, January, but. You know, come come February. That it's you know, it's it's staying light. We're getting twelve yeah. hour days, like that February, March. You're getting 12, 13, 14 hours, twelve hours maybe, something like that. Damn. I mean, and it's just great. I mean, and usually the weather during that time is in the in the mid thirties. And it's it's just beautiful. And that, you know, I do a lot of ptarmigan hunting during that time of the year. Yeah. So we're we're going out in snow machines and you get a good solid at eight hours of hunting if you need or want it yeah
0: so that's a i don't know that's like you know in all my like all my crazy weird thoughts in my head about alaska are majority based off hollywood so (laughs) yeah i mean mean, mean, that's how i know about it and like rumors you know i'm like oh yeah Yeah. i mean fucking alaska is just dark all the time yeah
2: (laughs) Hey, hey, you, hey, hey, when you get when you get time, Google uh, Alaska
1: outdoors. Uh, okay. So I'm you actually looking. I'm actually looking at um Google, and I I googled Alaska, and there's a moose just randomly like out there in the city. Oh yeah, like, It looks like he's downtown. Do you guys well, get moose like that?
2: Yeah, I you know just just here last <laughs> week. I had a, I had a cow and two calves walking right in front of my house down the street. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's just yeah. And then, to be honest with you, I mean, we we have bears around here too. But to be honest with you, I'm I'm just as afraid as a, a cow moose with a calf than I am a bear. Maybe even more so because, you know, they don't mess around. A bear, you can pretty much predict what they're going to do. A cow moose, yeah, she might get after you, or she yeah. might not. But most <laughs> likely, she's going to stomp you if she gets you near, know, gets to you. So I, yeah, I don't I don't like I don't like I, I keep my distance. I respect the moose a lot.
1: So, so they're like deer, then city deer almost for us down here. Is, yeah. is that how it is?
2: <laughs> What's that
1: like? They're basically like city deers down here in the lower 48. <laughs> you just see them and it's a normal thing,
2: yeah, kind of. I mean, it, that's you know, <laughs> that, after
1: you're up crazy. here for a while,
2: I mean, you see a moose. Oh, hey, that's cool. You know, in the first couple of years, you might stop and take a picture of it, or if it's a cow and a calf. You'll snap a picture and send it to friends in the lower 48. Because, oh, look what was running down my street today, or in my backyard. (laughs) But it's it's a pretty normal occurrence. I mean, you know, even though we're in Anchorage here or Eagle River, I mean, within 45 minutes, a half hour, you can be out in the middle of nowhere. Like I'm I'm looking up the valley right now, and Eagle River Road runs up there. You know, 10 miles, whatever it is, up, and at the end of that, there's nothing, in this pure wilderness. I mean, and the the river that's right below my house. I mean, it's it has this, you know salmon running up and down it. I mean, it's so there's bears, there's wolves, there's fox, there's you know coyotes and and uh, lynx. I mean, we don't see a lot of a lot of the lynx and some of that stuff, but but there's uh I mean we're we're here we're in we're in the wilderness.
1: That's awesome. What <laughs> what other big game, what other kind of hunting besides like. You know, birds? Do you do, do you, like? Do you have you tried? You know, big game or like? What's your best oh, big game story? Uh, let's see, best big game
2: <laughs> story. So I, uh, yeah, I I do do big game, and and actually my my big game hunt this year will cut into cut into my waterfall hunt because it's I'm leaving on the the sixth of September. I uh drive over to my buddy's house, about three four hours away. Then we go drive up to Coldfoot, Alaska. And we fly into the Brooks Range, and we do a two-week float hunt. And we get dropped off in the river, and we're on the river for two weeks hunting. You know, we can shoot caribou, moose, sheep, bears, usually only uh, grizzly bears are up there, not many black bears. And uh, wolves. So, I mean, it's a—and it's you're out in the middle. I mean, uh, I think the pilot, we're about an hour and a half in the— in uh, otter before or beaver before he puts us on the river hunt. So uh, can we do that? That, that yeah. sounds
1: like the stuff I'll see in the movies or on TV. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I, <laughs> the way you're explaining it, I'm just like, wow. i mean, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm dumbfounded.
0: Like I don't even, I don't even <laughs> want to talk about well, well you duck know, hunt hey, anymore hey, hey,
2: even even like even like duck hunting. You know, everything in a, not everything. A lot of our hunts in Alaska are logistically challenging. So even though the area I duck on is only straight line distance from my house, probably less than 10 miles or so, it takes me a half an hour to get to the boat ramp and probably 40 minutes to get down the slough to where the camp is. And then we put our camp in and then we, we stay, stay right there in the marsh for three days, shoot our three-man possession limit, and then we come back out. And, wow. and normally as, as the season gets later, you know, the first two, three times we'll go down there, we'll do, I'll stay for three days. Yeah. And then after that, then I'm staying, you know, maybe overnight, maybe, maybe just buzz down the night before, hunt that next morning and then come back out. Yeah. But I mean, we yeah, we have, I mean, and, and a lot, of, I mean, that's kind of the common practice. We, people go down and put in duck camps and, and you go there, you live out of the tent. Hope the tide doesn't
0: flood you out. (laughs) (laughs) So do you, uh, on your average hunt, I mean, are you, are you guys hitting your limits every hunt pretty much? For about
2: the first three weeks, it's, it's pretty consistent. And then, you know, I, I've been in your late season as the birds are coming through or not coming through. I mean, there's been times you go down, you you don't shoot your limit every, every time, you know, it's just, and it turns more into hunting, um, Geez, I've went down there before. Sat out, and it's been a bluebird day, and I hadn't seen a duck flying all day. I'm like, well, it's time to, you know, this is mid October, so yeah. it's like, well, it's time to get out of here.
3: <laughs> but
2: you know, and, and there's there's options. You know, there's some spots along that slough where I stop and I jump shoot birds and and do stuff like that.
0: Yeah, but yeah, yeah that's a that was gonna be actually one of my questions. I wanted to know is <laughs> like what kind of what kind of environments are you guys in? Uh, you know, because. Like we talk about on here, I mean, I hunt timber marshes, you know, uh, bigger lakes, but they're really like cypress lakes and stuff. Alabama was pretty similar, same thing, sloughs and timber. Um, what what kind of environments are you guys in as far as waterfowl? Well, so, where
2: where I do most of my waterfowl hunting here, and you know, when, where I hunted up in the interior in Fairbanks, you know, it's uh, you're you're running down a slough. It's all. Don't well, let me start out in Anchorage here. It's 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 tidal marsh, so yeah. you know we and we have huge tide swings. You know, uh, I, th- I think high is like thirty six foot tides, you know, and drops drops wow. all the way down.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, a lot of right where I hunt is cattails, a lot a lot of cattails. No vegetation per se. You know, within you know after the cattails, it's usually small scrub. You know, yeah. maybe not even calf high type of bushes. You'll have some small trees here and there, little pockets of trees. Yeah. So it's a lot of that. And, you know, in, in the, the the water itself is not that deep. Or are you know, the specific place where I hunt. I mean, after the last big earthquake we had, it kind of boiled the, the bottom of the marsh up. So, I mean, it, it went from usually being, you know, chest deep to now maybe waist or, you know, thigh deep. Yeah. Uh you know and you know yeah. and then, and then it starts off pretty pretty relatively, you know, moderate temperatures early season and then you know as you push into October, mid-October, you know, you're you're getting some skim ice in the water and then by the end of October most of the standing waters all froze up. Uh and then you're you're kind of move, at that point you're moving on to Maybe jumps jump shooting some stuff off of the the running streams, or yeah. you're move or you're moving to sea ducks. At that point,
0: okay, Yeah. Huh, that's a. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm still kind of just in like a daze of uh, <laughs> yeah, of Alaska, but <laughs> um. This, I I wanted to ask you like. It, where you where where would you love to go hunt like what your dream state would be? but it's I feel like that's a hard question <laughs> <I mean>. Alaska
2: <laughs> Yeah, yeah you, you, well you know I, uh, a few years ago, one of my buddies he went up uh, hunted the East Coast. yeah and you know and and that's that's definitely on my bucket list. I, I'd love to go up there uh, and just shoot a bunch of the the sea ducks up there. You know, old squaws on my list, Yeah, the the Atlantic Brant. And so that, that whole area, I, I'd like to do a, a trip up there where I hit two or three states. Um, you know, I got some buddies up in Maine. Actually, my, my neighbor and I bought a really cheap sea duck hunt up in Maine for this year, which I don't think neither one of us are going to be able to do. But okay. you know that's 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 not yeah. this that that whole East Coast thing. You know, I, I got I got a bunch of old uh, ex-military buddies that live there. I Got some some folks from uh, the North American Versatile Hunting Dog Association. They you know they some guys I know from that. You know, running running these uh, versatile dogs. I I know them up there. So I that's something I'd I'd probably like to do in the future. You know, but I. I went down to Canada two years ago. We went down there and hunted uh, Canadians out in the field. Yeah, and that was that was like super awesome because we're we're shooting uh, mallards and Canadians, and they, them, yeah, you, you couldn't keep the mallards out of your decoys. You'd be out there or have the dogs out picking up birds. You'd be out picking up birds, and the mallards <laughs> are still trying to be coming in. You know, yeah, and, the, it's and, crazy. and yeah, and the geese are the same way. You know, you, you shoot them, boom, 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 they all come in they do a circle and they want to get right back in the decoys. I'm like,
1: <laughs> you i got like, a great spread going there.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that was, that was a, that was a pretty, pretty cool hunt. And then, you know, and we, we did that in the morning, knocked out our birds. And by noon, we were, we were out running, you know, we found a couple of farmers fields. We could, uh we could hunt Hungarian partridge in. So we were out, you know, I had, I had my dog with me. We're out doing that, you know, so it's, <laughs> yeah that's uh that's a pretty good hunt
0: down there i think we uh we all agreed last week that i think canada was like at the top of our list of places we wanted to hunt uh canada and alaska yeah yeah (laughs) i think alaska i think you sold me though i think alaska's at the very top
1: i don't think canada's
0: even in question i I think
1: (laughs) i think this whole 50 this 50 states waterfowl thing is just for Thad and i to decide where we're gonna go? We're planning our yeah. We're planning yeah. our vacation. That's
2: not a bad way to get it done. Uh,
1: so we're just interviewing everybody. <laughs> we're not going to Alabama. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> off the list. <laughs> uh, I do
0: have a couple of questions for you. Yeah, uh, yeah. That I that I want to ask. Uh, that are some of the more generic ones. I want to get. We're kind of taking polls. What what kind of shotgun do you use? Well, oh. so it's so in the early early season a duck
2: season i shoot a, a bread of silver pigeon 20 gauge over under okay yep and then i uh you know from the cranes geese i will uh i got a, a browning i got a a browning silver and then a browning a5 i shoot both of those uh yeah. depending on the day whatever i feel like grabbing and those are kind of my my go-to guns i i really like hunting my over under you know they're I like to get the ducks right in the decoys, yeah. feet down, it, and, it, and that's that, that's kind of that's kind of what I really like. So the twenty gauge does great on all all the ducks, and you know I, I've shot sandhills with my twenty gauge. You know, you just got to pick your shots a little better.
1: You know, yeah. last week Dad uh, was just making fun of me for owning a twenty gauge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, yeah, I, I so was.
2: I, yeah, I, I shoot. I shoot normally, you know. Uh, twos or threes you know three inch number twos or threes out of it yeah. uh i really like the you know the, the the heavy metal i i shot them i shoot fast uh-huh. i mean i shoot a, a uh various various uh shells but i mean usually number twos or number threes that's my go-to uh the heavy metal is my if i can find them that's what i buy if I can't find them, then I'll go to the heavy steel. If I can't find that, I'll go to the Kent fast steel. And I, I you know what? I think it all comes down to hitting the bird. Uh, but yeah. the heavy metal, it, it, it really does have an effect. And I've, I've shot the heavy X before. And that, that, that stuff is pretty amazing too. Um, but I think it comes down to whatever I can get my hands on at the time.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm actually surprised uh, that you use an over and under for the beginning of the season instead of just sticking <laughs> with your A five.
2: You, you know what I? If I if I had my well, so in the beginning of the season, usually your groups of birds coming into your decoys a lot of times, unless it's teal, it's less than mm-hmm. it's less than six. It's it's six six eight birds the most. You know I, okay. I have a couple uh, memorable experiences la- la- last year i took my buddy tim out he'd never been he, well he's, he was duck hunting before but he hadn't done it for a long time we were we were out uh a couple mallards are going across i give him a uh give him a couple calls bam they turned in they came right in you know four of them Whoop, locked up boom boom i shot the two on the left he shot the two on the right done deal you know what i mean That's, yeah it, so i it, it kind of extends my time out in the in the marsh hunting maybe by a minute or two but i is what i realize (laughs) is i don't shoot as many shells yeah and i and i usually shoot my birds faster you know because that that last shot is you you know a lot of times well not a lot sometimes it's like well the (laughs) birds are going away you're shooting it's like ah well shit
0: i didn't didn't get them but i was about to say that too like you know usually my third shot is just a prayer it's either a prayer or a cleanup shot like they're already on the yeah. ground but if they're crippled and you're cleaning them up with that last shell either yeah. that or like you know you miss your first two and then your pride gets the best of you and you just spray by, one yeah they're by that point they're already long
1: gone yeah yeah there there's uh, only one time
2: that i can really i mean one experience in my hunting within the last you know 10 years i i guess ever since i've been shotgun hunting that, that i I really am glad I had the third shot. I was out in South Dakota hunting pheasants and grouse. I had both my dogs on point. I walked up. A sharp-tailed grouse gets up. I shoot that one. Another one got up right before I shot. I shot that one. Another one got up right after that, and I shot that one. (laughs) And that was a – that's a rare occurrence. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, that's a pretty memorable experience. I'm like, damn, I'm glad I had my my A5 and not my butt.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's a well, and you know, Vang, when when you have that many ducks, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if you can only shoot two at a time, (laughs) yeah. I, I, I 500 more are coming, (laughs) you're not worried about it, yeah. At that point, yeah,
2: and you know, early season, they're pretty stupid, you know. Yeah, we don't, we don't, you guys probably have a lot tougher time down there, I can imagine, than we do up here. I mean, up here, you know, you put your decoys out, I really, when I very when I very first started, I didn't know, I mean, I, I, yeah, I knew what I read on the internet and I hunted down Washington got my, got kind of going down there on decoys and stuff like that. And then I got up to Alaska and I started doing more of it. And that's all I look forward to is waterfowl hunting. But I mean, you don't, you can just throw up half a dozen ducks out there, decoys out there and you can get birds to come in. It's not like you have to yeah. have a perfect, perfect uh, setup or, or anything like that.
0: <laughs> oh yeah see well and and that's you know you know being at the top of the flyway i mean you guys get you're the ones educating the birds uh <laughs> oh and yeah. we do that <laughs> we don't like we, we even like opening weekend like they're already decoy wise i mean they're very finicky here like you said i, I do agree uh, especially way down here like i told you earlier you know we're at the bottom of the flyway so right all the migrating birds we get have flown over thousands of decoys. They've been shot at multiple times. (laughs) I'm sure. I mean, they've been called at and called at and hunted. I mean, and pressured for however many months. Cause you know, our duck season doesn't even open until mid to late November. uh, Right. When you're, when most people's in the North is going out. So they've already been hunted for like two months by the time we get them three months. Um, so yeah they're very 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 wise they're hunt wise the wood ducks like i said you know they're not they're kind of like your ducks up there they're here year round i mean they're just used to it uh they're not as finicky but yeah when we start like puddle ducks i mean they're very very weary and we have to really you you really have to scout here and be in the right spot you your hide is so important. Your decoy spread. I mean, everything really has to work out perfectly for you to be finishing birds and shooting ducks at 20 yards away. Right. And,
2: and you know, and, and and kind of the same goes up here. Like the concealment part is a little bit more important. Yeah. Uh, The, the decoys, I think is as long as you are where the birds want to be, I think the decoys can be out there in, in any form of fashion, Basically, you know, and there's some yeah. might argue on this, but I, you know, from my experience, you know, I could, I could put them out there and, you know, when I set my decoys, I set them out like I see the ducks together yeah. on the marsh at that time, you know, yeah. in a lot of early season, there are two, three, four birds, you know, so I'll set a group of, you know, three, four, five birds here, have some mallards over on this side, have some, mm-hmm. some uh, teal over here, and then maybe have a couple divers out in front of me. Yeah, You know, and that's, and that's kind of my setup and it works, you know, cause I mean, we, and we got such a wide variety of birds that we can decoy in. And a lot of the birds, they, they kind of, I mean, they, they don't group together. I mean, the, the cans and the bluebills, they'll bite kind of be out in the more open water by themselves. You'll have the widget and the mallard and the gadwalls and the teal, they'll be, you know, back closer to shore, but you know, they might be mixed somewhere in between, See, you just kind of, you know, I, I try to set my decoys out like I see the birds at that time of year, you know, in, in smaller groups, smaller family groups out in the marsh.
0: Yeah, no, I, I heard that. That's a. I'm glad you brought that up though, because we catch a lot of flack down here for, uh, you know, oh, you guys don't kill shit, and it's like, you know, even if we do get a lot of like birds, I mean, we, we, I feel like we do have to hunt harder here than the northern states do. Well,
2: Oh, yeah there there's no question in my mind yeah. that, that you guys have to do you know <laughs> when I was in Kansas my my very my very first real duck hunt my my brother-in-law uh he's he's the one that kind of really got me into the the waterfall hunting you know he, yeah. he grew up in Lacrosse Wisconsin uh hunting the Mississippi a lot he did some stuff out in South Dakota but he came to I was stationed down in Fort Riley Kansas and he he came down you know and he wanted, he wanted to go, you know, we, we did some pheasant hunting, but he wanted to go duck hunting. And I didn't have a clue. I said, I, I don't know where to go at all. I said, you know, I, we, we can go here, there. I said, you know, I, we drove around, scouted out some spots. And so the, the morning, next morning we got up and, uh, we jumped in my, my 1974 Bronco and, uh, me, him and my, my daughter, we went out, got out to the lake and it, it was frozen. There's about a, you know eighth inch of ice on top of the water yeah we went out in this little bay and we we stomped the ice all off and kicked it out in here i you know i'm in i'm in like knee boots i didn't i didn't have i didn't even <laughs> own a set of waders so he kicked all the ice off and i was like okay so we go stand back in these cattails and you know we probably had a, a 40 yard square of ice broken off and uh and we i, I bet we weren't there for i don't know 10 minutes yeah, and these mallards just started pouring in. They they seen the open water and a few decoys, and they just started coming in. We were shooting, you know, and we we shot a two man limit. R- r- I don't know within forty five minutes or something like that. And I was like, holy cow, <laughs> is this what duck hunting's about? That was fun. We we did like two or three mornings in a row, you know, and it was yeah. just you know right time, right place. uh and then I I hunted them a few times after that down there, but then the, you know next year I moved to Alaska, so I got up to a, you know Fairbanks, and then I think it was that second year he came up to Fairbanks, and we we did a moose hunt. We're not successful, but but we went down to uh, this area called Minto Flats, and it was the same way. We we actually let's see, the first year we we took a boat down, we pulled the boat like eight, nine miles over this dirt trail, down to this little creek, went down the slough, back into the, you know, these minto flats, this big marsh, and we, uh, we just camped, you know, and we, and we shot all kinds of birds, you know, we, we, there's three of us, we shot our three-day limit, we were done, we came back out, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, 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 that's pretty cool. I don't know where I was going with that story. So. <laughs> no, yeah. so, so it's yeah.
0: safe to say that, that your waterfowling career has been pretty spoiled.
2: I, I <laughs> yes. think so. I think so. Yeah, we well, you know. Yeah.
1: And you have I to thank your did, brother-in-law for that.
2: Yeah. Well, did, <laughs> yeah, Down Kansas, I didn't have to work that hard. You know, when I was out in Washington, them birds were a little smarter. Probably not as smart as the birds you guys get. But, you know, they you had to be pretty well hidden. Your yeah. decoys had to be somewhat set up right. Uh, you know, and as, at that point I was just kind of learning how to do all that. So uh, you know, but, but I, I shot a fair amount of birds, you know, it wasn't, I didn't come back with my limit every day, but we didn't have a ton of birds down there either. You know, I, yeah. I shot a lot of, you know, ringnecks and blue bills and mallards and some wood ducks and, but, uh, yeah, it was all fun. It was that, it was that learning experience, you know,
0: that's all. No, I mean, that's, that, that's badass. That's what I'm like most excited for is like my whole life. My waterfowl hunting has sucked. So I think, <laughs> you know, when I finally find that place, it's just going to be like this nice slice. You might just end up moving there. Heaven, <laughs> Honestly, yeah. That's what I'm really worried about is going on like a trip and then I'm just going to be like, hey, Maddie, we're, we're selling the house and we're leaving. Like, it's, I found the place I want to be. And hey, uh, hey, you,
2: know, you know, they do have Marines up here in Alaska, right?
0: <laughs> they, they do. I, I had a buddy who was up there. He wasn't into hunting or anything, but... Oh, what uh, a waste. Yeah, he just, he just went to the It really is. He just went to the gym all the time. Uh, <laughs> so, to each his own, I guess. But yeah. I uh, I have a couple of questions. I, I did a little poll on our Instagram account uh, uh-huh. where people can ask you some questions. So I have a couple of questions from our followers. Uh, I want to pound out real quick, okay. uh, and, then, and then we'll call it a night. Uh, Jacob Coleman, uh, he asked... Is it difficult for you to find areas to hunt um, around where you're at? Uh, You know what?
2: So, so me being an army guy moving up here. Yes. I mean, it wasn't super difficult, but there's, there's limited areas where you can go. You know, Alaska is a big state and you'd think, oh man, there'd be hunting everywhere. But I mean, it's really concentrated around my area into about three locations, four locations that are, are pretty good. Just just locally stuff that you can do on the weekend, you know, and, and and do that. Uh Fairbanks, it's even a little bit more limited if you're if you're just hunting around Fairbanks up in the interior. You know, the beginning of the season, you, you know, you you basically got a couple areas right around Fairbanks, that Minto Flats area, which is logistically challenging to get out to. Yeah and then as you move south there's uh, areas south of there where they have big wheat fields and stuff like that where you can go down and hunt but a lot of the duck hunting isn't necessarily on them fields it's you know in the in the rivers and then catch and you know I I've never done that portion up there uh, if you you know if you're out in western alaska i mean you know like i said alaska's a yeah. huge state so i'm i'm going by anchorage and fairbanks the two most uh, popular places for people to end up at. Yeah. So is it hard? Nah, I would say yes and no. You, you, you get here, you get on some forums, you connect with, you know, like a, the guys, the Alaska waterfowl association, You connect guys like that. Yeah. You know, folks like me, if you have, if you have dogs, you know, there's mm-hmm. the, the Alaska retriever clubs and all, all that guy, you, you get in with folks like that. You know, I run versatile hunting dogs, the NAVDA, you get in with folks like, like us and you know, you, you meet friends and they take you places.
0: Yeah. It's like anywhere so, else.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like I told you before, yeah, you know, I, I, I can get to the boat ramp in a half an hour. I can be down the river to the camp in you know, 45 minutes. And then, you know, you know, you're hunting and we, like I said, we stay there three days. You don't have to do that. You could, you could hunt off the road or you could hunt closer. There there's
0: opportunities. There yeah. there's,
2: there's a lot of opportunities for people that want to get out and do it. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that answered the question well.
2: And then if you wanted to do a destination, say you want to go to cold Bay or you want to come up and do a sea duck hunt, I mean, you know, cold Bay, depending on where you go, who you go with, it's either a do it yourself or, you know, you go in with a guide. Uh, And obviously the guide's going to have all the stuff for you, the do it yourself hunt. There's two of them out there, you know, them guys, they will have decoys for you. They'll, you know, one guy has a boat and all that stuff, even though you you don't really need it if you're just shooting, you know, Brant and, uh, and Cacklers and, uh, like, the Emperor Goose, Goose. We could just start hunting up here as residents a few years ago. But, uh, you know, and, and then sea duck hunts, you know, depending on what guy, Valdez, Whittier, Homer, you go there, you you know, you, they take you out three, four days, whatever you want to go out for. And they have everything you show up with your gun, your gear, and that's it. And you're, you're hunting. Yeah. So, but as a resident, if you live in up here, I mean, you, you can, there's opportunities. There's plenty of opportunities.
0: Yeah. So I'd say, yeah. I mean, like you said, I think it's comparable pretty much to anywhere else. I mean, some States are known more for their public land access and whatnot, but I,
1: you know, we have a lot of public land here, but it's not all good public land. It also sounds like you're not fighting for your hunting spot like some people.
2: <laughs> well, you know. So, so with that being said, there's
1: there are a couple locations where you
2: do have a big concentration of people. Yeah, and I I don't. I would rather go to some place where I would only shoot two ducks a day than hunt around that. Right. Yeah. Heard but that. you know, right. yeah. Even the area I hunt, I mean, there there's only a. Well, there's only a few of us that go down to this lake. It's it's hard to get down the slough to. It's shallow, you know. The tide goes out, the water's ankle deep. Uh, it's tidal, you know, mud, hicky, yeah, nasty crap. So I mean, a lot of people that just go out for a day will not go that far down the slough. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you know, but but there's yeah there's plenty of opportunities.
0: Yeah. Huh. What uh, what duck do you kill the most? Oh, geez. You know,
2: I, I, I seen that on your question thing. (laughs) That's, that's a hard one to answer because we have such a broad variety of ducks. I, I, if I had to pick one, I would say I shoot a lot of widgeon. Okay. Uh, Yep. There's, there's a lot of widgeon where I'm at, but I mean, there's, you know, mallards, there's, you know, we got a fair, fair amount of pintails, you know, canvas back. If I wanted to shoot more, you know, or if I could shoot more of those, you know you, you could definitely yeah. shoot more of those uh but I, I would say i i would say overall on a normal year probably widgeon is is the duck i shoot the most of
0: okay. you know yep. this uh chris smith wants to know what what is your most useful piece of gear for protection from the elements i'm assuming he's thinking outside the box since you're from alaska yes yeah. so <laughs> <Sitka>. yeah i <laughs> just
1: kidding yeah you,
2: you know yeah so i i just this year i haven't even used it yet i got a sitka a wading jacket uh but you know i good good rain gear good yeah. you know and I, I i have a kuyu uh jacket that rain rain jacket that i use it's a yukon i mean i i use that and then I layer underneath of it as needed. You know, I can yeah. I can I can unzip the pit zips on that thing and hunt in pretty warm weather. Uh, it's it's green and then I have a, a brown this vallow camo, it's like a more brown camouflage. Yeah. I use that. But you know what I, I you know, I got a couple jackets that I uh you know, some uh what's that blade shadow grass? But I, I'd say the most most useful piece of equipment i you know what good 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 outer garments you know yeah your your waders Mm -hmm. and your top you know for me it's that 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 kuyu jacket
0: for sure yeah i agree being windproof and waterproof is probably the most important (laughs) thing Oh. oh yeah yeah by far um the next question well it was a two-part question it was we already talked about um what state you would go hunting what is your dream duck to kill what's on your top of your bucket list
2: uh let's see top of the bucket list is probably i would really like to shoot an old squaw for mounting purposes yeah and then uh and, and the same with a a good mature drake wood duck and hen for mounting purposes yeah even though okay. I you know, I've shot I've shot a bunch of those before in my life, but but I have not shot any lately. So that b- both of those birds <laughs> are high on my list. You know, I Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um and then Decalope Outdoors has like three questions, four questions. Okay. He went he went in hard. Um <laughs> which we already talked about the sea duck hunting. Um yep. he wants to know are all the birds in eclipse? In eclipse, meaning uh, plumed out. Uh, Yeah, I think we already talked about that as well. Or Um, not plumed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So,
2: so yeah, we don't get any good plumage on birds until really the middle of October. I mean, sometimes Mm -hmm. you can shoot some decent birds the end of September, early October. But I mean, if you get start, if you start looking at them close, they still have some pin feathers. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not till the middle of September that we're shooting any kind of nice colored birds and they're like and I go back again, I, you know, it's nothing like you guys shoot down there that are, you know, fully <laughs> yeah. plumed and nice or even the birds they shoot in the lower 48 Canada in November. I mean, those birds are really nice looking birds. You know, when when uh when we were down in Canada, I think it was last October. I mean, we were shooting some beautiful mallards or two years ago, October, Yeah, you know, and, and nothing, nothing like we get up here.
0: Did you ever, uh, I don't know if you saw it or either of you last year, there was someone had posted a picture. They killed a, it was a wood duck mallard hybrid. It was a Drake. Oh, i nope, never seen that. You guys I should Google it. I'm, I don't know if you'll be able to find it or not. If I can find it, I'll, I'll send it to you. It was by far the prettiest duck I've ever seen. So I think that's at the top of my list and that'll never happen. But yeah, uh,
2: he, he, you know, what, uh, the, the black duck, that's another one that's kinda on the yeah. top of my list. You know, that that's going up that that whole East Coast. Uh you know, my my buddy Frank, he he went down to he's from Texas. He went down to Texas and did a hunt down there. And they were shooting some pretty nice birds down there too, you know, pintails and mm-hmm. and uh what what else did he shoot down there? I forget. But he, he shot some pretty nice birds down there also.
0: And that was yeah, after
2: the did. first of the year, January, February or something like that.
0: Yeah, Texas is a pretty good hotspot, but they're more uh, centralized than the flyway. Um, mm-hmm. That's the the downside to where we're at in Louisiana, um, which I, I'm a believer in that the flyways are shifting. Uh, but we are, even in the original flyways, we were kind of stuck right in between two flyways, um, at least so, where I'm located.
2: Are you part of the Mississippi flyway? Uh,
0: the central? Technically, the Mississippi uh, and eastern Louisiana is. I'm in like northwest Louisiana, so I'm like Arkansas is 40 minutes north of us and Texas is like 20 minutes west of us. So we're basically, I mean, we're literally in between Mississippi and Central Flyway. Um, So we don't, it's hard for us to catch a lot of migrating birds um, where I'm at anyway. Yeah, you know, and southern Louisiana, they they usually catch a decent migration, though.
2: Yeah, you know, I've I've heard, you know, I got buddies up in northeast Iowa and uh, southwest Wisconsin. And they 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 said they they have noticed that the migration through there in the last 10 to 15, maybe even 20 years has decreased. Yeah. You know, it's just not it's not nearly as good as what it used to be.
0: Well, and there's. There's a that's a whole other podcast we could do on that. I, I could, that, uh, that really is. We had that conversation you know, last week. Too. Yeah, we dug into that a little bit uh, yeah. last week. I was kind of baiting for some some questions. Uh, I, I like some yeah. controversy, but uh, especially with the southern states, they're pretty adamant about hating northerners for for no ducks. But uh, <laughs> another question is, uh, yeah. he wanted to know: uh, Have you ever went after a king eider?
2: no i have not no they, i mean for king eiders you, you got to be pretty committed you know and one day yeah. i will but i mean a king eider hunt you know is a you know six seven thousand dollar hunt for yeah. a few birds and what a great experience of being you know my my buddy hugh clarky i I told you he uh he went out there with alaska outdoors and i you, you probably youtube it there. You know, I think the episode is on YouTube yeah. where he went out and done that that hunt. And it you know it's an epic hunt. I mean the the weather conditions are just crazy. You know, you got big waves, rain, you know, it's it, it it it's a it's a dream hunt, I say, but I mean, holy cow, it's uh it's pretty it's pretty nasty and rough and you better better have better be in the right mindset i think <laughs> you oh, know yeah.
0: <laughs> oh yeah i can i can imagine i think that's on on everyone's list and i think like you yeah. said that's probably one of the last birds that most people ever uh actually check off their list yeah uh I, I know to complete my list i've got a lot more to go uh so that's really towards the end of my list if, if i ever get to the point where i'm actually right. thinking about that to complete my list then i think i'd have the commitment to be able to Invest the money and time into into fulfilling that one, but uh, I, that's gonna we're gonna have to wrap it up. We're running uh, <laughs> we're running hot, man. It, Scott, I I can't thank you enough. You uh, this is by far you know the funnest podcast that I've got the chance to do, and probably since Flying V Outdoors started, the the funnest thing I've got to do uh oh, thanks dad no offense thing I mean I mean you know you were a great guest and like I said I, I think my whole life I've always kind of had this like awesome fascination for Alaska as it is and then you really just came in like fulfilled all my all my dreams uh, yeah, like you, you definitely made you job just, dropping stories. Yeah, you confirmed everything that I've always imagined so for that you're yeah. kind of like a superhero um uh, so, again, I, man, I thank you so much for that. Uh, I think you represented Alaska perfectly. I don't know if anyone could have done it better. If they could have, I wouldn't have been able to handle it. Um, it's it hard enough. Normally, I'm more talkative. I couldn't even fucking get some words out. That's how, like, just dumbfounded I was. Um, so, thank you again, Scott. Um, I do want to say thank you to all the listeners as well uh, for all the support that you guys have shown the podcast so far. Um, and I got a lot of feedback on that first episode. Um, and some recognition you know, for the work and all this uh, the logistical side of this. And it has been a nightmare, like I said. Uh, but just this one episode alone here with Alaska, it's completely made up for the month and a half of planning <laughs> it took to get this sucker going. Uh, so I appreciate all of you guys. Thanks, uh, Scott. If you're on YouTube, yeah. give us a thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button for us, guys. Um, and stick around because we've got 48 more weeks of this shit to go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you're it, listening it, it, on Spotify go ahead. And yeah, hit that hey, follow hey,
2: button. I, I appreciate having us, having me on and, and, and letting me represent the state of Alaska and, and just share my experiences. I, you know, you guys are doing awesome stuff. Uh, you know, you just getting the word out about waterfowling, you know, and you know, I, I think that's how we, we, we grow the sport. You know, we got to get the word out there. We got to talk to people about it. That's know, right. So thanks for what you're doing.
0: Oh, for sure. Uh, and then Scott, make sure you save my number. Uh, that way, when I call you, in like two years, I'm like, "Hey man, I booked a fucking flight. <laughs> yeah, you know, I land in Anchorage on this day. That that way you, you're not blindsided. I I, I, I need
2: I need three months heads up, fellas. Three months. Three months. <laughs> yeah, I okay,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> All right. Well, Scott, thank All you right, again. Uh, Vang, thank you for your time as well. And uh, thanks everyone for watching. We'll see you next week. Have a good one.